0: Welcome to the Conduit Deeper Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the details that surround our current sermon series, from current events to fascinating finds, to conversations that take us
1: deeper into the Word. Thanks for joining us.
0: Welcome to our Deeper Podcast. My name is Mo, Executive Pastor at Conduit Church, joined by our lead pastor, Darren Tyler, and we want to apologize, kind of. For the fact that we didn't have a podcast last week. You know. Um, and so we appreciate your patience. Whenever we do skip a week, we usually have a really good reason why. Oh. Uh, and this last week, uh, the really good reason was that uh, Darren was visiting one of our our countries, one of our one of the countries in the, the churches and villages uh, that we have a pretty big footprint in. I don't know if you can say. Yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. yeah awesome. And um, took another one of our kind of... a. Not really a sister church, but a partner church that has yeah. done a ton of work with us in the beautiful country of Haiti. If you've not been to Haiti, it is absolutely gorgeous and breathtaking. Um but not every part is. Yeah, I there's, was gonna
1: say there's some challenges. When you're looking at it like on Google Earth, it's from looks, Google Earth looks pretty from, good.
0: From about fifteen thousand feet on the descent, it's gorgeous. It's, yeah,
1: it gets more complicated the closer you get.
0: But it's very complicated uh where you visited even uh, this this past week. Tell us a little bit about
1: yeah kind of you just you because you just did like a a running gun i mean you jumped in and jumped out yeah i mean uh it is good to be back and it's especially good to be back because uh haiti's always been complicated i mean the first time that i ever went it was like right after aristide was overthrown so they'd had like a military coup and i was i mean there was you know there was no twitter there's no facebook so i was kind of blissfully unaware that i had just landed in the middle of uh, a coup. Wow. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it like was It was a little loud, but we didn't know. Um, but since then, you know, uh, I don't know. Is this, so what's happening right now is this, and this is if you don't, you, you wouldn't. Have, nobody could blame you for not knowing because our, our U.S. media is uh, so enamored of COVID that they aren't talking about anything else. But um, right now, they so their president in Haiti was supposed to be out of office in. Uh, February of this year, his term technically ended. Uh, but he decided he wanted another year. He's got some reasons he thinks are legitimate. And so he's he's staying for another year. Uh, I'll put it this way. Basically, everything that American media was accusing Trump of, this guy's actually doing. Gotcha. Uh, so he's sticking around for another year. He fired the Senate. Like, didn't even know that was an option. Like, you're fired. Uh, fired the Supreme Court. Wow. And is ruling by decree, uh, which is a, a euphemism for dictator. So, and, and the problem with that is, uh, the, obviously, the Haitians are displeased, and uh, in in that vacuum, to, to complicate things worse, they kicked the UN about two years ago. Right, and I have some very specific opinions about the UN, like anybody who is any, has any idea of the world would. But they had provided a slight balancing act down there, of power, so they're gone, and so what's happening now is drug gangs have taken over uh, most of. Parts of the main roads through Port of Prince, Carrefour, Leogan, and their business model is kidnapping. And oh, fun! Yeah, really, it's just fun for everybody, and so um, it, it's uh, it's it's just risky. And we, I almost didn't go. I was thinking, man, Lord, I, I, you know, I don't want to get kidnapped. There's a few things in my life I don't want, and that'd be that's pretty high on the list. Yeah, and but I just don't. really felt like I don't know. I felt the Lord um, say, go uh i never got like a, you're gonna be okay but i just was supposed to go <laughs> you know i was looking for that one like that you're gonna be okay um but what i felt is we just the best sermon i could preach to our haitian brothers and sisters is what we've been preaching here for the last year which is courage either i believe god is in control or i don't and so with our own church and our own things and so uh we went and it was uh it was pretty touching because you know they're like look no one's coming to see us now everybody's forgetting us and uh, anybody that has any means down there right now to get out of there, they're getting out of there. So yeah. um, in fact, one of my favorite places down there, there's a pizza place. Did, did we go there when you were there, Mo? The pizza place? I don't, I don't remember the pizza place. Okay. Owned by a family from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Wow. Haitians. All roads lead to Tulsa. Sheesh. Uh, so they, uh, I was talking to them, um, and they've actually just bought a house in Jacksonville just in case, because she's like, yeah. I don't know. We, we may have to get out of here. We just don't know. So anyway, I just thought when everybody's running away from it, Jesus is running towards it. Yeah, And that's what I felt like we were supposed to do. And yeah, John Breeland, um, his daddy is Roger Breeland from uh, Truth for our Christian people. But John, longtime friend, they started South Coast about the same time we started uh, Conduit, and we have worked. Uh, they've, they've been radically generous with, with us in Haiti. And so um, I actually said, hey, John, if your wife is okay with this, uh, then uh, I'm inviting you to go. I want you to make the decision. And Micah uh, is sitting here. Um, Micah, who's been married for how many days now? Four. Four. Four? You've You married for like all nine runs days, to, bro. It all runs together, man. Nine days. It's like
0: a week and a half out of the gate and getting it yeah. wrong.
1: So here's what he did. I'm gonna give you, this. A this is a marriage lesson for you, Micah. Uh, uh, two yeses means yes. Two mo two no's. So so yes and yes. Two no's mean no. A uh, yes and a no means wait. Okay, that's that's good marriage advice. Yeah. So john got a yes but he didn't tell her what was going on down there oh wow so like the day before they're at dinner with a f- few families and someone was like going to haiti and he was like, oh gosh you shouldn't go there they're they're kidnapping people there and he said tracy's eyes are getting bigger every oh, no. every sentence and, and, and uh so so she's like you know my yes doesn't count if i don't know all the information and you're like <laughs> he you know, and he's a great guy anyway so she uh she did give a yes after praying about it whatever and so uh, so John went with us and here's the thing. He's like six foot five, six foot six. He's so tall so dude. yeah, I figured if, if they had to choose between a big and, uh, like me or a tall guy like John, I don't know who they choose. Cause John <laughs> wouldn't fit most places where they That's could true. stuff somebody. So anyway, I don't, it was a great trip and we graduated 15 more graduates. We've already identified two villages where two of these graduates are going to pastor uh, from the Bible school that these young people are going to pastor these churches, uh, with all the drama, with all the complications, Uh, And by the way, none of them were COVID related. It's all this gang violence and stuff with all that going on. Jesus is doing amazing things there and the church is alive. And that is, yeah, to me, I actually came home with hope. And I, you know, every time I ever leave a country in general, I, the minute the wheels leave the ground, I take a little bit of a breath, you know, like, here we go. Uh, But this time I was like, it was a. Yeah. It was a pretty
0: audible, like, oh, like I'm yeah, exhaling. No, I knew it was going to be pretty serious when you started sending me your geolocation, uh, <laughs> air tags that you, you know, the brand new Apple Air Tags. You're like, okay, I have one of my my shoe, one of my pants. You're sending me logins to your accounts, and life insurance. I'm not, I'm
1: kidding. Maybe. Not well, that. no, that's kind of true. I don't even close. know. But the, there might be in the writer for life insurance. I don't know if kidnapped in Haiti. You might not, <laughs> I not It might not be covered. But
0: <laughs> and I'm like, oh
1: man, this is serious
0: at this point. But yeah. But I'm glad. I mean, it's just some awesome things happened down there while you were there.
1: Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it, I mean, we. I don't know. I laugh about it because I don't know what else to do about it. It's probably you need to talk with Jeff Schulte and counseling about that. But, um, but Jesus is still the. He, the, the like, if everybody stops going, then what, you know, what do we do? And so, sure. you know, for guys like Jean-Marie or Fetony, uh, they're like, man, thank you for being here. Just it's, we know we're not forgotten. We know that we, we're seen, and that, that was a big part of what happened. And, uh, and at the same time, boy, really good to be home. Um, and yeah. made it back in time for Sunday.
0: Yeah, and that was a whirlwind because you made it back in time and to to prepare enough to teach <laughs> on Sunday – and continuing our What's True About God series in the life of Joseph. And this was week four, I believe. Yeah. And some pretty big truths came out. And specifically, though, it's a, a tie-in a little bit to a special moment that we had Sunday here in service. Crazy, yeah. With our uh, our good friend, uh, Pastor Peter Shindy. Yeah, Shindy From India.
1: Yeah, so we had... Um, and I always, I, I try to be careful. Of course, when i say that and you're going to laugh because it seems like I probably do this every week. Like, I don't want to change a bunch of stuff at the last minute, you know, because I know Jason's planned, everybody's made plans and whatever. Uh, but we also, so we do want to, you know, say, hey, the Holy Spirit has complete control. And so I found out that, yeah, like Saturday afternoon, I think is when I texted you and said, hey, Shindy's going to be in town tomorrow. Uh, he is from Western Indy, uh, India near Go, where it Jason? It wasn't
0: Saturday afternoon. It was Sunday at nine fifty-five. Oh, Saturday it? at nine fifty-five.
1: Oh, was it? I yeah, it.
0: I was like, oh man, okay, we're going for this. Well,
1: so it was worse than I thought. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he's actually he's from near Goa, which is where we all know that uh, Jason Bourne's wife was uh, was cruelly and unjustly mm. taken from him That's in the right. Bourne identity. Uh, and I've actually kind of always wanted to go there, but he's actually not from goa he's from two hours from there where we're actually you and i if we go we got to go clandestine because in this part of india right now christianity uh their version of make india great again a few years ago which was basically kicking out compassion international kicking out anybody that had a christian influence at all um and now so it's very complicated even there but so anyway he's here and if anybody's been watching the news at all um and I don't know why you would, this has been on the news because it's COVID related. So of course, they're going to talk about it, which is that COVID numbers are on the rise in India. And they're on the rise because uh, they locked down a few months back and, you know, did what everybody else did who locked down, which was they just kicked the can down the road. And so but what that's resulted in is, you know, 1.3 billion people, there's no social distancing. Uh, when there's one point that's literally almost four times as many people as there are in the United
0: States. Yeah. Four times as many people in, in the area, the size of Texas and it's Nebraska. And yeah,
1: it's not a, ver- and yeah, like- is not a large and anybody that's ever been knows that. I mean, anywhere you go, everything's overwhelmed. You get on a train, they are stuffing like, it's like your wife packing for a vacation. You know, she's shoving in every corner of the suitcase. That's a normal day. Yeah, you see the the train and you think there's no room for anybody else in there. But it turns out they'll fit like a hundred more people. Oh, wow. The answer to how many will fit in that train car is one more. And that's every part of India. Wow. And so what's happening is uh, not only is the virus now spreading, um, but they have no hospital system to, right. to withstand something of this nature. And so when we talk about hospitals being overwhelmed in America... Um, we have a system here. Their system is always overwhelmed, always. So you add any mix to that. So people are dying that would, in the United States would not die because they would have access to oxygen. Like people are literally driving around town trying to buy their own oxygen off of the black market because there's just not enough. And so anyway, Peter is here. And I thought, um, well, first I thought, oh, it's Mother's Day. Oh, dear Lord, we got to, you know, what are we going to do? It's Mother's Day. We got to, you know... Uh, I, I can't and, and we're also packed anybody local knows that the parking lots a disaster and that's always on my mind and but I just really felt strongly I just want to pray for Peter and I wanted Peter to pray for us and so that's what we did and what was it like four minutes um, maybe longer because he he prayed he's an Indian his prayer might have been ten minutes more think about it um, but then yeah we just did kind of what we've done in the past which was hey if anybody wants to help Peter, he's literally fe- They're literally right now cooking on his, uh, his wife Jana's stove. They're cooking meals and just serving it to people on their front porch
0: because um, they can't get food.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're in a lockdown there, you don't go to the grocery store. Right. Like they lock you down and you could get arrested just for walking down the street. Yeah. Um, and so we thought, okay, we could get them some money to buy more rice and feed more people from his front yard i mean as much yeah. thought as we put into it but we also know that we could ramp up really quickly if we had some some resources uh peter actually has been uh, authorized as uh, legally to distribute food um that's awesome yeah very awesome um and so yeah we just said hey can anybody uh, if anybody feels led to give we say we always say if anybody feels led here's the link and whatever you give a hundred percent of it. And so I thought, you know, $10,000 will probably, and that'll go a long ways for absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then, um, so, you know, folks were very
0: generous. We're kind of just kind of tracking it throughout each service. We have three services here right now and between services two and three, uh, kind of jumped into check kind of where things were in terms of online giving and we were up to I think I had texted you right before the yeah. beginning of third service that we were at 15k that had come in through the first two services when we had also found out between services two and three that a very generous anonymous donor was willing to match up to $100,000 yes. given for that day which in of itself is its own like shell shocker
1: it was crazy. He grabbed me around. I was walking around the corner and he, 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 he grabbed my elbow. He's picking up his kids. He said, Oh, hey, I'm actually glad I saw you because uh, we want to match anything up to 100 that comes in. Yeah. And I was like, Dollars? He's like, No, no, 100,000. And it, took, you know, it just took me a minute. Like, Yeah, 100,000. And then the next thought was, well, he's going to, you know, he's going to he will be fine. He's in no danger at <laughs> all. Because <Yeah. laughs> if we're lucky, we're going to hit 20,000. I, for some reason, thought it was 10, but I I, I was going to be glad with 10. And you're right. It was like, I think we were like 15 at that point. And so I was like, oh, anything that happens third service is total gravy to this. Yeah. 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 So anyway, we get this, this offer from, uh, from a, just a really good brother and he is asked to remain n- anonymous. And, uh, so in third service, we, 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 we told everybody that. Yeah. I dropped a post on the socials, but uh, about 24 hours later, we had $200,000. Fully matched.
0: $100,000 matched to another $100,000. And $200,000 has been raised in essentially 36 hours uh, for our really good friends in India and what's happening there. It's
1: unbelievable. And we are not that big of a church. Like, it is not. There's unexpected. But, and, and here's the thing, most of it came from the live gathering. Like when I'm yes, looking at the donors, important distinction. there were some that gave from online, but I, th- if I were to uh, actually give a pretty good, uh, parameter for that is probably 15% of it came from social media and the other 85% was from people who were sitting in that room with us on that morning. Tan- yeah. Tangibly meeting,
0: gathering, seeing, visiting with, uh, Peter Shindy, directly hearing his heart, letting him share, uh, had a very direct
1: result. 100%, and that's, you know, he's headed back to Uh by this weekend. Um, he's already letting his people know we're gonna be buying rice, we're gonna be buying beans, it's we're amazing. gonna be buying supplies. So by this weekend, we'll be handing out uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of food. Because uh, again, while India's in lockdown, he actually got word while he was here that someone from his church died that they think of starvation in his home because wow. um, they've been locked down for two weeks now and he has no food and no communication to the outside world. Um, that's happening all over Asia, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, there is no government check coming for them.
0: When you talk about lockdown, you say the word lockdown, I think of even Sunday's message teaching about prison and Joseph in prison mm. and kind of the lockdown that he experienced. And this was in Genesis chapters 40, 40 and 41. 41. Yeah. And when we think of the lockdown, we think of the prison. Uh, there's a lot of people that can kind of resonate with that even globally right now with the things that are happening <sighs> yeah. not even too far from us. Um, even in, you know, obviously Canada, um, church, the church being put on lockdown and being put on notice and being dared to gather at this point. Yes. Um, to what's happening physically to the churches in India, whether they are in complete lockdown. Um, there's there's a there's a prison aspect to kind of tie into this, just to take that from the message from Sunday. Yeah. From the, from the prison to the palace and kind of what Joseph went through.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that that's really part of what this whole series on Joseph and the generation of, of, his, uh, of Jacob's children here, the generations of, of, of Jacob, is how do, you, how do we respond you know, in a time where weak men have created hard times. Yeah.
0: To, to go back a couple of weeks yeah. ago. That we so here about. we are,
1: yeah. you know, and here's Joseph in the middle of the hard times caused by a weak man. And I would suggest in the United States, but I would suggest globally, we are in hard times caused by weak men in the last couple of decades. Yes. And what do we do now? Do we, you know, this is the time where the strong people are being created. The prophets are arising in the generational cycle should Jesus tarry yeah. starts over. And it's time for prophets to arise. And uh, what, what really stood out to me uh, was from chapter 41, verse 37. And that was, f- um, Joseph had interpreted this dream for Pharaoh that there was going to be seven good years, okay, of uh, of of prosperity, but you need to be saving up because then there's going to be seven years of famine. And if you're not prepared, it's going to be awful. And, uh, that was a Joseph rising up as a prophet in a hard time, uh, in his own life to lead them out of in this new cycle. Right. The, the cycle starting over, jo, Joseph, the prophet. But here's what Pharaoh said after he says the plan, uh, verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh, seems good to me and to his, all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? That's what they needed. Uh, to get out of this mess. They had the best military on the planet. They were financed. They had, uh, they, we, they say magicians, but they were the magi. They were the, the the doctors. They were the ones that were the, and none of them could save them from what was coming. And what they needed was someone in whom was the spirit of God to rise up. And I, what we need in America, what we need in Haiti, by the way, this is some of what I taught at yeah. the Bible Institute Uh, graduation on Friday, Thursday night last week in Haiti was that's what Haiti needs. Haiti needs young men and women full of the spirit of God to rise up. Um, Positions of political uh, influence, positions in the media influence, positions uh, of community government influence because we've had a dearth of that in our culture and we've allowed right or wrong um, the majority of the people who are leading local governments whatever are not necessarily people that are holding to uh, they're not full of the spirit of God maybe we should put it that way and I look at what's happening right now and we were talking about a lot this week this pastor in Canada pa- palowski is that say his name?
0: Yeah Arthur Pulowski.
1: Arthur Pulowski. who a couple weeks ago when the Canadian government came to shut him their church down he went viral because he was telling them get out of here you Nazis get out of here Gestapo and it's interesting because that was very uh galvanizing for some people and it was uh, very it splintered some people because some say that those of us like in our church who opened back in June that we were violating the law, which in Tennessee we weren't. Governor Lee never ever put a law in place. But then those churches in California, the churches in New York that remained open, one of my buddies, Derek, up in uh, Buffalo, uh, at the well in Buffalo, uh, Derek Castronova, they opened up 100% violating that law. And it really, I mean, I don't know about in your circles, but there's a lot of questions about that as to whether or not churches should have obeyed those laws or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a... Excuse me. I don't know if it's an ethics question, but it's a uh, it's definitely a um, like a question that starts to dabble in you know morality. Um, What what law are we what law are we following here? What law are we obeying? Where do we where do we comply? Where do we draw the line of compliance? I guess is the question. As a Christian or as a church church leadership, whose whose law are we? Uh, bowing to our lo- our local law our our federal law, God's law like there's there's some potentially gray areas there there's also some hard hard and fast black and white areas there and it's again another facet of division that has crept into the church on where they land on some of these things
1: yeah and so again someone full of the spirit of God okay? I, I, that could answer so much for us, because when you hear someone like Andy Stanley uh, two weeks ago say that I'm embarrassed because of these churches that have opened up and violated the law, that that was his exact words. I'm embarrassed because they did. And I early on, I think I would have said the opposite. I'm embarrassed that those d- that didn't open up. Sure. And uh, more recently, where I'm landing is what is the Spirit of God leading your church and your leaders to do? And, and do you have the courage to follow the Spirit in that area? But what his when someone makes an, a, a black and white case, okay, a friend of mine uh, called me a couple days ago, and he was kind of lit up because I was um, making a case for Pastor Pawlowski that I was proud of that guy. And I wish more would in Canada right now would rise up. And of course, you know, but, but here's the thing when, when you start to have a conversation with someone who is saying that um, you, you should obey the laws like that, you should, uh, that, that's what Paul says in Romans 13, uh, First Peter, that you know, you, you're supposed to obey the, the laws of the land. And, and, and those are things that are, I, I see why they would make that case. Uh, and then there are those who would say, but we gotta open up because of the religious responsibility god says uh together hebrews 10 24 don't forsake the gathering of yourself together so that that's a a question what do we do with that one and then there's the moral question which is if we come together is it going to cause someone to get sick and 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 we're going to die so there's a moral question of it and when you conflate all those in I i feel like over the last year i've been having a conversation with somebody about a legal thing, but then it flips to moral, and then it goes to just this back and forth, but if you split them out, uh, and then let the spirit lead, you know, to start with the, uh, the, the religious rights, the legal rights. I mean, do you remember back, when was it that we were talking about reopening? It was, it was actually right about now a year ago, no, right? It was
0: exactly a year ago, because we had decided about this time a year ago that the first Sunday of June that we were going to be open back up, yeah, across the board, no, no restrictions, other than um, making sure that we had plenty of extra seating, and uh, we you know, at the time uh, you know, yeah. doing some extra cleaning,
1: yeah, um, yeah, because which, science was so sure that it was on <laughs> surfaces. Every even though we know, yeah. that's not how things work. Yeah, congratulations to the bleach industry, you know, for oh, your, your year that started and you know coming to halt now.
0: So a year ago, we were having these conversations about. Yeah, opening up
1: June 1st. And so, what I remember back then was in LA, they were, it was, for us, it wasn't a legal conversation because Governor Lee said churches are allowed to gather. Yes. Now, and then he promptly started, but I strongly suggest against it. I strongly, you know, kind of wish he hadn't of, but I, I get, you know, whatever. But then, meanwhile, John MacArthur, who, you know, theologically speaking, MacArthur probably, you know, he and I probably wouldn't be hanging out, you know. Uh, he he thinks with my char- like my charismatic roots, whatever, or are demonic and whatever, and and I I just don't think he's going to be any fun at a party. Uh, <laughs> like I wish I would. I, I think it was uh, one of my friends said. I wish I was as sure of one thing as MacArthur is about everything, right? right? You know, but there th- for them it was a legal case uh, because legally they're telling us not to, and they opened up anyway, and so the internet explodes with judgment against him, and they're all throwing Romans, and they're all throwing First Peter, Adam, and and on the surface, that is a good question. It's a good thing that we should wrestle with. Um, and when you go to the Bible, let the Bible interpret the Bible.
0: Yeah, can you give us some context to Romans 13 and First and Peter? Because I think this is one of the most
1: misquoted, misused
0: passage, passages of Scripture when it comes to these sort of topics. Yeah,
1: I think so too. And, and I'll tell you, for years I kind of wondered... You know how do you, what is our responsibility and stuff like this like when like when martin luther king violated the law to march in selma what was it why was that okay with him you know uh, and and when is that okay for us and when you read romans okay romans 13 is when he talks about the governing authorities and and there are some who try to make the case that only means if they're good authorities that actually you can't you you'd have to stretch that you know like stretch armstrong to make it say that but when you read who it was written to, Romans chapter one, it was written to the the uh, exiles who were in Jerusalem, or the I'm sorry, from in Rome, the beloved, whatever, who are in Rome. And if you were a Jewish believer in Rome, in fact, by the time this book was written, you were just allowed to come back. Nero was there because he, before that, you were not allowed. The, all the Jews were exiled from Rome; they were kicked out of Rome. So they're just coming back, but they still had no legal standing. Uh, in many ways, it's the same way as a Christian in Pakistan. You've got very limited rights, but you do have some rights. Uh, if you're a Christian in, uh, say, Iran, you have zero rights. You're, so, not, a,
0: you're not recognized as such. No,
1: Yeah, you're not even second-class citizen. Like yeah. livestock has more uh, rights than right. you do. He is writing to a group of people who have no rights at all, uh, legally speaking. And so in that situation, what do you do? Same thing with Peter. First Peter, he is writing to... Uh, and this by the way after the temple has been destroyed now when First Peter is written and he is writing specifically to the Jews who are now under complete Roman rule there is no legal right for anything for you to appeal to at all and to those people to the people in uh, Rome to the people now in the diaspora who are spread throughout Asia Minor Galatia Colossae all those you know, the, the Jews had no rights there at all what do you do and the answer was you suffer well because yeah. there's no court, there's no right, we, which is anathema to us. Um, but I bring it up because here's the conflict in this. The guy that wrote Romans 13 died, violating government orders, Right, 100%. He was executed because they told him to quit preaching and he, and he kept preaching. Yes, They told him to quit gathering and they kept gathering. And the difference is, because I think it's, I know it's Acts 16, uh, he is just out of prison. Remember Paul and Silas and the earthquake. You actually starred uh, in a little film for our, our children. <laughs> we did. Yeah. yeah. James and I have yeah. a little cameo that yeah. Joey Prophet put together you for the Conduit Kids. find that in the show notes. How about that? Yeah, that'll be fun. So, so Paul has already been there, but now he's out and they're getting ready to beat him again and flog him or whatever. And he says to the Roman authorities that are there, I am a Roman citizen. You cannot do this to me without giving me a trial. And at that point they're like, oh, you're a Roman citizen, you have rights. He used the legal system to appeal for his rights. And so while I would have said, even a year ago, I was wondering if John MacArthur was right or not, I was still cheering him on, still would have helped pay for the fines if they had them. There was a, I had a legitimate biblical, because if the Bible is the source of our truth, we have to go to the Bible for the source of our truth. And I would say that a guy like MacArthur, you're looking at that, that's what Paul did. In uh, in the book of Acts, chapter sixteen, I think again in twenty two and twenty three, when he's in front of Festivus, not Festivus that's the that's the holiday from Seinfeld, Festiv, <laughs> Fest. Anyway, now I can't even remember his name. Um, he's in front of the Roman emperors, and he's he is making a case, a legal case, as a lawyer for his rights. Uh, right now, in Asia, in some countries, a lot of people don't know this, but the ACLJ. Uh, Jay Sekulo, who is most famous now for being the attorney for uh, former President Trump, has offices in many countries around the world where he, they represent Christians who are being persecuted for their faith. Like right now in Pakistan, your Muslim neighbor doesn't like you. He doesn't call the Homeowners Association. He says that you've committed a blasphemy law. You've burned the Koran or something, whatever. And you are guilty until proven innocent in that country as a Christian. And so they have lawyers that help you through that case. I would say that what that pastor in, um, in Canada just did, mm-hmm. and what many pastors in America have done, is what Paul was doing in Acts chapter 16. Wait, back up just a second. We have rights here. Legal rights to gather as a church. And where it got confusing was then they would switch the conversation. Well, it's not about the law, it's about the moral right. thing. But So let's deal with the law. Do we have the right to gather? Yes, we have the right to gather. The Second Amendment guarantees us freedom of religion, freedom that the government is not going to mess around with our stuff. But then they make it the moral thing. And that is infuriating to me because what happened on Sunday, right? We gathered. 600 and some odd people came into our church facility. We gathered on Sunday. $200,000 came out of that. Literally tens of thousands of people's lives are going to be saved in India because of our gathering on Sunday. So while I appreciate the enthusiasm of an epidemiologist who knows a lot about the biological, whatever, they know nothing about the human condition and that gathering was saving lives. We weren't saving them. We were exchanging them. And that part, anyway, yes.
0: Yes, and it's infuriating because even in Canada Canada, where Pastor Coates, because this is all happening on the heels of what happened to Pastor Coates right. in Alberta as well for the same exact thing, where the police have come and built a 10-foot fence around the perimeter of the church building, of which the church family came in and promptly tore down. Good. Um, this is happening all just down the street from... Big box stores that are completely open, your your Costco's, your Best Buy's, your right. Home Depot's, they're allowed to gather to meet full shopping parking lots, full shopping centers. That's where it immediately goes. They made it then about morality, but it's actually then now about finances or it's about right. it's whatever just, they want to make it right. about.
1: Well, here's what it is, is that now they're going to decide what is essential. Or not. That is essential, and you are not. And for me, the jumping off point was last May when the protests happened. They are 100% by the rights in America, they are allowed to protest. Um, But the fact that every one of those white coats, uh, 85% of which would be humanistic, liberal, progressives, were in full support of these protests. And so what they then said was, you are allowed to gather if you're role if your your cause is important enough and that was my jumping off point because i'm like okay if you're saying it's essential or not essential who gets to decide what is essential right um because i don't know who we didn't vote for anybody to tell us who was essential in in this role and so for us you know and we've talked about this even on this podcast this last year uh, the Gallup poll that came out in December said there was one class, there was one category of citizen of humans in America that did not decrease in mental health, but actually increased in mental health. And that was those who reported weekly church attendance.
0: Wow. Yeah, I saw that. It's crazy, right? Yeah.
1: But it's because God knew that, like, hey, coming together is what you need from each other. You've got. Yeah. So when it becomes this moral responsibility of saving lives, I don't even know where that stops. Right. Because when the flu breaks out again, and we can say it's not like the flu, it isn't like the flu, no argument, because the flu kills children. Mm-hmm. Do we shut down our church every flu season because it could save some children's lives? You know, that's the moral thing, that at some point the trade-off, and I'm not interested in an in epidemiologist telling me what, morals, what is moral and what is not moral. The, the, that's the job of the philosophers. It's the job of the pastors, of the religious leaders. That's our sweet spot. You guys can freaking deal with your epidemiology. Let us deal. We're the perfect. If, if you know what I mean, they say we can't say anything because we're not epidemiologists. Well, how about you guys shut up because you don't understand morality? You don't understand philosophy? Right. Let us speak into that. We can help you with that.
0: And can we just look at it objectively? If you are an epidemiologist, especially in Canada, look at it objectively and see that it is no longer and quite frankly, maybe never was a health crisis to begin with. The numbers in Canada are staggering. And, and by staggering, I mean non-existent. Yeah. And for this to continue on, this kind of persecution, this kind of lockdown, we have dear friends in Canada that are giving us daily updates of what they can and can't do across the entire country. It's, it's bananas. It dude. makes zero sense. There's no health yeah. emergency up there. Um, and so when you start... You know connecting dots and looking at things objectively it surely seems like there's an agenda at this point
1: well it's sure hard to ignore the agenda right because when it is the specifically churches and and i even as i'm saying it out loud i know that i have friends that are like this isn't persecution real persecution i mean look i've been to these places i've been to north africa i know what you mean but this is persecution just because someone's fingernails aren't being pulled out right doesn't mean that your rights aren't being taken away. And for them to specifically, and again, back to the morality part of this, okay? If Dr. Fauci would have called a pastor and said, hey, if I lie about masks, and then a month later I come back and tell the truth about them, is that a good idea? Is that gonna earn trust in me? It, sure. Nobody's gonna believe. You know, They've done that multiple times. Back in the uh, spring, summer, he was saying that herd immunity was gonna be at X percentage. and then he comes later in December and says, No, it's 85%. But if I would have said that, nobody would have listened back in July. So I lied again. Consult the people that understand morals. If I stand up on a Sunday and lie about something to get you to obey me, that's called a cult. Yeah, right. We we, we actually get people out of cults, not into cults. It's this is a, a science cult, this is science fascism. This is, yes. we understand what we're doing and you guys are dumb and just understand. So we're going to lie to you to control you. So the the morality piece of it has been absolutely infuriating to me because again, nobody consulted us. If you, if, if your plan involved a hundred percent participation, it was always going to fail, right? It was never going to happen. And so now to come back to what's happening with Pulowski and say, does, does that pastor or any other pastor in Canada at this point who is, being told they have to shut down while Costco remains open. I mean, I say open them up, open them all up. Uh, If if, if it's about the law, appeal for your rights. If it's about morality, appeal for the fact that mental health is important. We'll protect the the ones that are vulnerable, we will, but we're not gonna let you tell us the morality because at the end of the day, the third thing which gets it confused is the biblical command to gather. When someone says, Uh, And and, and people, by the way, rightfully said, we are gathering because the Bible tells us to gather. Now, the problem with that is if you're in a secular society, if you're an Islamic society, uh, which is a theocracy, there is no such thing as a a secular government in an Islamic world. There's all uh, secular humanists in Europe. The biblical command, they don't recognize that. But our question would be, even if they say don't gather and the Bible says gather, do we gather anyway? And, you know, my friend that was, you know, got his pennies in a wad a couple of days ago. One of the things he was saying was that, it's all, it's all about the building, all about the building, all about the building. Like, well, maybe, but maybe that's not at all what he's about. Maybe it's about gathering. Cause what we said last year, was if they come and they shut us down and they build us, whatever, then we'll meet in the parking lot. And if they bulldoze our parking lot, then we'll meet in the street. And if they kick us out of the streets, then we'll meet in houses. And if they kick us out of houses, we'll meet in the woods. But we're going to meet because that's what the Bible commands us to do. And God's commands are for our flourishing. Uh, They've told them, don't gather in Iran because it's dangerous to our people. Your, uh, your, Your spiritual whatever is actually dangerous to the people around you the jewish people told the christians don't gather because you are dangerous to those around you and what did the christians do in iran what did the christians do in in ancient uh jerusalem and what do the christians do now we're gonna gather what do they do in haiti this past year oh they gathered baby (laughs) they look haiti uh, they just literally looked at the, the 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 stuff and said um no thank you like we're shutting you down. And the Haitians are like, mm, Nope, not gonna do that. The minute you leave the airport after they've shoved a, a thing down your throat to make sure you don't have the Rona and they've got, you know, whatever, you won't see another mask until you get back to the airport because they're done with it. They got, I, I think I said it, but you know, Haiti got 99 problems and a COVID ain't one man. Cause there's bigger fish to fry here. And candidly, again, you look back and there's been no outbreak. Everybody's like the big mystery of what, what happened in Haiti. Why is nobody dying of COVID? You know, the average death in Haiti is at 58 to 60 years old. Yeah. Average death of COVID is 78. So yeah. they've been dead 20 years yeah. by the time. But anyway, you no, know, the Haitians have been gathering. And I'll tell you when I, uh, well, here's what was super helpful to me, even to see all the drama, uh, the fear in all the Haitians. They come together as Jesus' people, Hebrews 10.25. They did not forsake the gathering of themselves together, and they are full of joy. There's fear. Absolutely, there's fear. But man, they're full of hope, and they're full of faith, because they kept gathering. God's commands are for flourishing, and the command to gather is not to... uh, And look, if, if, if... I don't know if the only thing you're getting out of church is i just go to church and i sit and i get a good song and i get a sermon well maybe you should stay home i mean during a pan- I mean i don't know pandemic but uh but that's not what this was never meant to be this was us coming together inspiring one another to do good and to change the world that's hebrews 10 24 that's what we built our church on right that whole thing and i hope that we can be a beacon of hope along with man there's plenty of churches in this community there's churches around the country that yes. has continued to be that in this time. And we're taking heat for it. We're going to continue to take heat. We can't, we're not getting government heat in America, but we're getting social heat. You know, we're getting Twitter heat. We got you know, yeah. people, you know, just don't much care for us on Twitter, but
0: yeah, I mean the phrase that kind of keeps popping in my head and in my heart <clears throat> is, is hold the line. Like we just have to hold the line. Like we've got to go to bat. We've got to, Strengthen our armor and hold the line because, I mean, this may not get any easier.
1: It, it, well, it won't, I don't think. In, again, in the cycles like this, the one thing that I would say that I do agree with some of my friends, like from Gospel Coalition or whatever, is that we have no guarantee of our society maintaining the freedoms that we have been granted. Yeah. There is no guarantee of that, but it doesn't mean we roll over. Joseph didn't roll over. Paul didn't roll over. They made their appeals and then submitted to whatever God's will was. And I hope if any I mean anybody that happens to be listening to this if if you're a thinker and you're somebody that's full of the Holy Spirit run for school board. We we have somebody in our church, James, uh, Jay Galbraith that one of the members of our uh, Williamson County school board who has fought for He's lost most of it, but he's at least fighting for
0: yeah.
1: uh, things for our, our children. But the, the curriculums that are being put forward right now in, in our conservative county are insane that's happening. And so yeah. I hope that people listening are running for local office, for, for mayor, for alderman, for what, you know. No good deed goes unpunished. It doesn't mean you're not going to get harangued by your neighbors or whatever. But I pray that men and women full of the Spirit, is there anyone listening to this podcast right that is full of the Spirit, we need you to not hide but to accept the invitation to be an influence in all of society, not to be silent and not to be jerks, not to be mean, not to be we have to do it in love I, i've totally i think where we get sideways is you know i, I remember i was old enough i'm old enough to remember when uh, Falwell fallwell and the religious right and so then it became about a voting block and then it became about power right and then it became about so i i see where that all goes wrong and can get very uncomfortable and but somebody full of the spirit but to
0: not do nothing
1: nothing is not the right answer yeah you know some of the greatest that's what they're doing that's what they're saying in haiti right now i mean lefleur was telling me that there are many churches in haiti that are teaching that because they vote uh, elections are held on sundays in uh, haiti yeah. and so one of the problems in haiti has been haitians don't like to vote on sundays uh because they're going to church so they don't go vote <laughs> and he's like oh no 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 get vans we'll drive them all to the booth polling goes we'll, we must we have vote church. We'll have yeah.
0: church in the van on the way to vote. yeah we'll vote
1: <laughs> well that is our church that day um but that's part of the problem that they've had there is they've had, uh, men, uh, who are not full of the spirit leading their nations. And if, if we have an opportunity to, to speak truth to power, you hear that a lot from the left and the whatever, but like just be truth, uh, not pursuing power, but truth.
0: Yeah. Because the example in Genesis is that Pharaoh eventually came to the end of his, the end of himself and was looking for someone to consult in. Yeah. Like he came to the end of everything he knew, everything, everything he had access to, all the power that he had and resources he had came to the end of all of those things and said, you know what? Actually, I need the spirit of God in this. Yes.
1: From a guy that probably didn't even believe he probably had to get uh, Jehovah as one more God on his list. Sure. But he was at least at the point where Jehovah was the one that seemed to know what he was doing. And. If Joseph, because this is the part where it's important, where we do walk in love and we do, uh, it's truth, but in love, is that Joseph wouldn't have been in the place that he was in had he been vindictive, had he been bitter and cynical. So while he's in the pit, while he's in the prison, he's allowing it to make him stronger, not weaker. And so because of that, and that's the spirit of the Lord inside of him, that is what put him into that position so that he had the opportunity to be heard.
0: Yes. N- not burning any bridges. <coughs> Sorry. A little being Haiti, available.
1: well Haiti cough there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, take care of that. That's for sure. Well, this there's so much happening in the globe right now. Um, there's just a lot happening. We didn't even touch on a few things that are super active right now. Um, I, th- I think one thing that we can maybe mention and just to pray for is there's a lot of tension in Israel right now, if you've been following that, Darren, over the past 48 hours. Oh, it is closely, yeah. hot and heavy between Gaza and, and, and Jerusalem right now. Um, definitely need some prayer in the Middle East. Um, and if you're listening to this, maybe later this afternoon or tomorrow, whenever whenever you do get a chance, um, it's a bit of a gas shortage happening in our country right now as well. So maybe go put some gas in your tank. There's multiple reasons why that's happening. Um, there's just a lot of moving parts right now, globally and, and locally and Um, And it's just a reminder that, again, this is not our home.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: We were passing through, but while we're passing through, there's work to be done.
1: Yeah, and there is need of men and women full of the Spirit of God. That is the entire purpose of this study that we've been doing through the descendants of Jacob. There were 11 other brothers, and none of them we're full of the spirit of God. I mean, they were full of a lot of stuff, but not, not the spirit of God. We're actually going to see though, even in this week, when I get to the Sunday, that Judah is beginning to awaken. Yeah. Like Judah begins to step forward and, and and begins to step into who he was created to be. Um, we need all of us. Someone's got to go first. Like we, we need someone with the courage to, to lead into this. And, that, again, no guarantees that our times are going to be good. We have in our country have been super blessed uh, throughout history. We are an exception to the rule, not just in the world presently, but throughout history, concurrently, to have a uh, a, a democracy where even the idea of us being able to vote for our. Yeah. I mean, if you have the the series uh, on HBO, the Sam on Sam Adams uh, back when the country was founding, it was a reminder to me that. Even when we were there, like they were still trying to call the president a king. They did not think that this country could work if there wasn't a king in yeah. power. This idea of an elected representative is uh, is is not only just an experiment, it's brand new. This is new to history. This has yeah. not been done before. So uh, arguments to be made about Greek and whatever, but that's not. This is the way we're doing this right now is new and we're not guaranteed that this lasts forever but what we are guaranteed is whether that we're in the pit the prison or the palace that god is still god and he is still we have an opportunity to be uh the, the men and women full of the spirit of god to lead it and you know what look the the, the the very shallow part of my heart i would love it to go back to the good times where i was super naive and we were rocking and rolling in the 90s right Okay, but those days are not here anymore, and I don't know what this next decade looks like, but I know this, that in 10 years, whatever it is, what I want to be and what I want to be surrounded by are Joseph's and not Judah's in this season.
0: That's good. Well, this Sunday, we will be continuing the series, as Darren alluded to, and uh, also this week, just kind of a heads up, we're we're having something we call Conduit Next Info Meetings. We are going to be sharing um, a bit of a vision and and an update on all the things that we've been talking about with the expansion of the new facility. And so if you haven't signed up for that, if you haven't heard about that um, and you're local here, we'd love to have you come by and visit us um, and and learn more about this expansion project that we're doing. All of the the information you could want to know about what we're doing here on site is simply at our website, conduitchurch.com. Forward slash next N E X T and you can read up about that there and sign up to to come to one of these info meetings this week. And to that point, I mean, maybe you're hearing some of the
1: beeps in the background and right the, <laughs> they weren't doing anything until we started this I podcast know. it's though.
0: it's 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 unbelievable it's like a magnet every time that we set up to do this and micah is always finding a, a nook and cranny for us to record in and and then, <laughs> and then the trucks show up but it's a good sound uh because that means our parking lot is getting installed our new parking lot is uh, being put in this week so we'll be praying for that to go smoothly as well so much happening. So many amazing things happening. Be praying for Pastor Peter Shindy as he heads back home. Um, and just thank you to each and every one of you that gave generously yeah. this week to that specifically. Uh, just an incredible story that I know that we're going to tell for for generations. Oh, I mean, this board, is a yeah. life-changing um, event that has happened. And uh, just thank you for for tuning in each and every week. Uh, We are excited for what's next. Uh, We're excited for this new facility we have and just this next season that Condo is heading into. So thanks once again for joining us here on the Deeper Podcast.